I'm not in for a week-long brand study to figure out what colors my customer is like or any of that shit. <laughs> Just make it look friggin' pretty and I'm good. Yeah. by Harvest. I use them for tracking work and invoicing clients. You can get a 30-day trial at getharvest.com. Use the offer code RR after your 30-day trial to get 50% off your first month. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 5 of the Ruby Freelancer Show. Uh, This week on our panel we have Eric Davis. Hello. We also have Evan Light. Hi. And Jeff Schoolcraft. What's up? And I'm Charles Maxwood from teachmetocode.com. And this week, we're going to be talking about work-life balance. Now, uh, Evan pointed out a little earlier that this isn't something that we've really discussed with each other. So it should be kind of interesting to see how bad at it we all are. So I'll go ahead and start off and just kind of uh, get the ball rolling. One thing that I've noticed in, in my life is that it seems like there is always something else. There's always more stuff. So, I mean, I've got a family you know, I'm married. I have four kids. I've got church stuff. I've got uh, scout stuff. I've got the users group. I want to speak at conferences. I do the podcasts. Uh, I mean, there's there's so much stuff that's going on, and uh, you know, and then work, and you have to work so many hours in order to get to where you can make ends meet, and so it's it's really tricky to to cover everything. So um, what what do you guys do to kind of find that balance? I mean, do you set a list of priorities or do you do you do other things that, uh, you know, kind of give you that time? I, I'm not sure what approach you guys take. Um, I mean, balance is hard, especially when you work solo, because you're always going to have some projects that are like, they need like, you know, the 12 hour days and you have to rush to hit a, a external deadline. Um, and then, you know, some days it's just like, okay, I'm, I worked four hours today. I guess that's all I have to do. So I guess probably about a year ago or maybe two years, I kind of realized like it's really hard to try to make, have one specific, this is my schedule and kind of adapted it to be more flowy and like, well, I'm going to start working on this. And when I'm done with it, if, even if it's like one o'clock or two o'clock, I'll stop and give my body a break and give my mind a rest and you know, maybe today I'll take a two hour lunch and then other days it's like I start at eight, I take lunch at 2 p.m. after an hour conference call and I, you know, finish up work around like 7 p.m. at night. So I don't think it's so much like a work-life balance I have. It's more of like a work-life flexibility. Right. And, and that's one of the things that I think we all like about being uh, free is that, you know, we, we have that flexibility. We can We can choose when to work and how hard to work and stuff like that. So... It, it's a nice thing. It it seems like there's a lot, though, that... I mean, you're, you're always sacrificing one thing to spend time on another, right? Like, for me, because I'm right now kind of balancing client work and then my own products. And so I really have that distinction between, like, I'm working on client stuff, I'm working on product stuff, and then I have, you know, personal life, family life. And so I actually found it's really good for me to actually separate things out. So... 
if I'm going to work on client work, that's all I do in one day. If I'm going to work on product work, it's the only thing I do for that day. And if it's going to be like a family day, like say my wife, she got sick uh, last weekend. So, you know, she's sick. She's staying home. I'm going to take a day. So so basically you, you kind of uh, split things off by day as opposed to so many hours for this, so many hours for that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know other people that I've talked to, they basically have like a fixed time that they work. So it, they basically have a nine to five. It's just that they're their own boss. So, for example, they, they go into they go to work in their home office or wherever they go to work at eight. They come back at four or five and, uh, you know, they're done with work for the rest of the day. And uh, I, I think generally if if you're disciplined enough for that, you can do that. But I tend to get sucked into a project and then, you know. I, I look up and it's past dinner time. And I think that's that's a problem with most of us. And I think that's a problem with probably most freelancers. But I mean, that's a generalization, so somebody can prove me right or wrong. But I think we're um, workaholics. I mean, you don't you don't do this. I mean, you get a government job and work nine to five if you're completely lazy and don't want to work at all. But I mean, if you're, I mean, I work a ridiculous amount, but I think that just comes with sort of uh, what I am and what I do. And I, I think it's, I don't know, I, I just think that's a condition that is easy for a freelancer to fall into. And the other, the other side of that is even if you're not a workaholic and your revenue comes just from selling your time, then you've always got this nagging feeling in the back of your head. Well, if I'm not working, I'm not making money. And if I'm not making money, then maybe I'm taking away from my family or whatever vacation or whatever your goals are. I mean, so that, and that's another, I guess, a downside to being pure hourly. But I mean, I think that's always something in the back of your mind. I've got a, an entirely different way of looking at it because um, my situation is a bit different. I um, went into freelancing for two reasons. One, because, well, darn it, I was going to do Ruby and no one was going to tell me I couldn't. Um, but the other one that's near and dear to me is that my wife is terribly ill. She has Huntington's disease, and um, she's essentially homebound. And we wanted to live closer to her family, so we moved out to a kind of remote part of Maryland. So freelancing was pretty much the only way to go. I mean, I, I brought a startup job with me out here, but the startup imploded it as a lot of startups are wont to do. But I have to work a fairly fixed schedule because I have, um, I have people who come into the house. I have paid caregivers who come in and look after my wife during the day so I can work because if not for them, then I would have frequent distractions throughout the day <clears throat> that would make it difficult for me to concentrate and get my job done. So um, I work from basically when they show up until 6.30 p.m., and that's my cutoff. My wife's a little bit independent around the house, so I can still be at the computer after the caregivers are gone, but I can't get into the zone. I can't let myself get into a zone because I have to have one ear open just in case my wife drops something or in case she falls or she has problems with something or needs me to go get something for her. So... Um, I'm exact, kind of exactly the opposite. I wish I, I had more flexibility, but all that flexibility goes into a schedule um, that that really revolves around my wife. Right. And I guess I'll turn it back to you guys because I'm not sure where to go with that. I had some other things I was going to say. I don't remember them yet. That's fine. We have more podcasts. Well, I, I think I think there are two interesting things that come out of that, and one is is you know. Uh, first off, your wife is kind of the top priority. Well, she is the top priority. and Work-life balance, you got it. Yeah. Right. And so you have these things that are important. I think also one other thing is is that sometimes 
in your case, your wife, in my case, you know, my kids or my wife or, you know, whatever, is going to take more time than others. And I think there's a certain ebb and flow to the balance. And so sometimes in order to keep your business going and doing the things that you need to do, you're going to be working those 12 hour days. And that's just life. I mean, that's just the way it goes. And that doesn't mean that your life is terribly out of balance. It just means that for for right now, the balance has to swing that way. And then other times when your family needs a vacation or there's some emergency or something like that, then it swings the other way. And so you wind up you know, taking care of the kids or taking care of your wife because she's not feeling well or whatever it is. And so um, I, I think we have this illusion that we kind of create that my balance means that, you know, I'm spending exactly the right amount of time on this and exactly the right amount of time on that. And in reality, I think we do need to realize that it's going to go one way or the other. And, uh, you know, we, we need to kind of be able to swing with that as long as we're you know, willing to, again, make those top priority things the top priorities when they need to be. Yeah. And that comes back to the flexibility. I mean, it's nice not having to like call in and say, Hey, I'm sick. I can't come into work today. It's if I'm sick, I just stay in bed. You know, I might have my phone or whatever to watch for, you know, special alerts or stuff, but you know, if I don't feel good or I don't feel like working a full day, I can take a day off and, you know, either make it up or just realize I'm just not going to be as productive this week. And it kind of goes even longer term, like if you need to take a vacation, you know, you can schedule a week, two week, three week vacation. Um, there's a guy up here in Portland. Uh, he says he works freelance like nine months out of the year so that he can take a three month vacation. And I think he said this year he's like going to Mexico uh, during winter or something like that. So it's like he's leaving the country for three months. Yep, I knew a guy who did that too. Yeah, that no, not, not Mexico, but that same kind of schedule. Yeah, the other thing I was thinking about um, – sort of similar, related to things that Eric and, and Jeff are saying too, is, um, yeah, there are days when if I'm sick, I'm, I'm just going to sleep because I'm, I'm a total wimp about being sick. I'll be completely honest about it. When I feel bad, I just sleep. I just sleep more. So I'll have a few days, you know, I'll have days every now and then where I just sleep an awful lot so that way I can get up and work. Um, in we, terms we of, need a caption now that says, Evan, he just sounds tough. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, that's right. I'm a big whip. Um, but it, let's see, in terms of one thing that Jeff said that, that resonated with me when I when I first started contracting years and years ago, um, I, I went in. And I did contracting. I went full time. Whatever. Uh, I I used to think that in that model of my God, if I'm not working, I'm not making money. That stinks. Uh, at some point, I just made peace with I'm going to try to work about this much so that I earn about that much, and then just make peace with that. And uh, there'll be some variability because, well, this career has, you know, being a freelancer has ups and downs to it. You know, as sort of, as you said, Chuck, there, there is no real equilibrium. I I don't delude myself into believing that. I kind of doubt that Eric and Jeff do too. Uh, Maybe that's something we, we all need to come out and say that, but that I don't believe there's an equilibrium. We can just, we, we swing back and forth. Sometimes we're closer to center than others. Yep. Yeah, and it's it's equilibrium. I mean, it might be balanced right now, but something might happen. Like your car might break down and your equilibrium shifts to be more personal as you deal with your car issues. And then tomorrow it's going to shift back to work because you have a deadline coming up next week. You know, and it's, it's, it's ever shifting. So you might find a balance for a little while, but it's like you're on like a teeter-tottering thing and you're going to fall off if you just hope to get it perfect and stay there for, you know, months to years. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just, 
I just tend to come at it, I guess, with I, I'm used to that now. Um, I'm used to that variability, but that that's I think because of my wife's condition, she gets a little bit worse every couple of months. So uh, after about seven years, I've gotten I, I can't say I've gotten used to her getting a little bit worse all the time, but I've gotten more used to change and ambiguity in my life. And you have to have I feel like you have to have a certain comfort with those with with ambiguity and with change to be a freelancer more than perhaps a full time employee. Right. So one other thing that I kind of want to get into is that in order to maintain my work-life balance, I've actually had to get help. And so um, I've I've hired a virtual assistant and I pass a ton of stuff off to him. Um, not nearly what I need to, but, you know, it's an, it's enough to kind of bring down that, uh, that uh, burden so that I can actually get everything done or have him get what he need, what I need him to get done so that we can uh, get everything um, and, and not drop the ball in certain areas. Um, have you guys done anything like that to kind of offset some of this? Well, hire a VA? Yeah, or you know, something like that, you know, maybe get your, your, your wife or somebody to help you out or just anything like that. I've tried a, uh, I've tried a VA a couple of times. I use, and I use subcontractors on a somewhat regular basis. Um, the VA stuff has never really worked out for me. And I don't know if that's just because I don't have the right stuff to give to a VA. I can subcontract technical work and that's not an issue for me. Subcontract design work or contract out design work. I can get that done. But when it comes to sort of the more administrative tasks or I don't know, anything else that sounds like it should be passed off to a VA, I just have a problem with it. I don't know if it's I can't let go or I have unreasonable expectations or what. But uh, so currently I'm not I'm not doing anything with the VA right now. I mean, and I don't know if when or if I will. Okay. So I hired a VA a little while ago, um, maybe a year, maybe two years ago. Um, used her for a little while and ended up just stopping mostly because I, I just couldn't find enough for her to do. Um, I've instead of doing a VA and having someone else do, you know, the kind of the tasks I don't want to do, I actually try to find ways to just not do those tasks. So like, you know, some of the blog commenting or administration type stuff, like, you know, I just you know, set up a high-end spam filter on my blog so I don't have to go through spam or, you know, if it's like paperwork issues, I just stop getting paperwork or I cut it down or I batch it up. So that's kind of been what I've been doing. And that's mostly, I think, just because I'm not good at hiring, not good at managing. And it's a skill I probably should pick up a few things here and there, but I just, I haven't had the time or real desire or need to do it yet. Right. So one thing that you mentioned is that, uh, you know, batching up uh, some of your work uh, how exactly do you approach that and how do you keep it from getting to the point where it's, you know, it's too late or, you know, where you're falling behind? Because I tend to before, stack stuff up and we, then I forget about it. Before we go off on a tangent, I, this, I wanted to, I really wanted to get my part in about talking about um, getting help because, okay. again, my mind is very different from you guys, if only because uh, the help that I've gotten is actually for my non-work life, not for my work life. I, I mentioned uh, having caregivers. Um, they're, they're essentially, they're not employees of my business, but they really ought to be because I could not be in business if not for them. I, I mentioned earlier, um, I would have too many distractions. I'd have to pay I'd have to pay a lot more attention to my wife during the day. Um, during my working hours, they look after her completely. They, they take her out and about. 
um, you know, in a wheelchair or a walker as she needs. Um, so she gets out of the house that way. So she has, she, my wife has a better quality of life. But this allows me to do my work because if not for that, I couldn't work. Um, so this goes out to any people who are either caregivers or stay-at-home parents. Um, I, I, I kind of hate the idea of daycare personally. That's just me, but maybe daycare is good for some people that way. Clearly, uh, a lot of full-time people take advantage of. But the point is that you don't necessarily, as a freelancer, need help on the professional side, or maybe you do, but you can maybe get help on the non-work side to enable you to do your job or to make it easier for you to do your job. Right. Absolutely. And I've done that before. My wife's gone out of town and I've found, you know, other people to help watch the kids and things like that. So that, that definitely makes sense too. Yeah. And there's a couple other things. I don't want to get too deep into it, but, uh, you know, if you have like a heavy work schedule coming up, there's services out there now that will cook and freeze and deliver meals to you. So you can have a bunch of meals in the freeze, freezer that you can just reheat instead of spending half an hour to an hour to like cook every night. Um, and then there's other, like you can have like maids come and clean your house or a handyman come and fix things up in your house or, you know, if they do it in your home office, it's actually, I think a business experience and all that. Yeah. But I mean, you can kind of shift some of that and instead of having to hire just business professionals, you can hire people to help your, your life side of the work-life balance and actually give yourself more time and energy to do other things. So I, I want to elaborate a little because you hit on a few things I forgot to mention. Um, one of the caregivers, because we have two, uh, one morning, one afternoon, she actually cooks dinners for us, um, which since she started doing that has been huge because my ability to cook dinner has declined over time because I don't know about you guys, at the end of the day, I'm wiped out. So having there are other yeah cleaning for example you mentioned as well Eric the caregivers also help there too because these are things that my wife might try to help with if she could but she can't. Yep. Yeah, it makes sense. So I, I want to shift back over to uh, batching work. Um, so uh, Eric, how do you approach that? Yeah, so there's actually a good segue here. Um, one thing I do because I I eat lunch here at home, um, and so. Some days, like Monday or Tuesday at lunch, I'll take a long lunch and cook a big old batch of rice or beans or, you know, whatever stuff that you basically can put on the, the stove and just let it go for 30, 40 minutes and it's done. And I end up making that and I make like, you know, huge family, family size casserole dish and end up having that for lunch for the rest of the week instead of having to cook every day for it. Um, so that's actually one way I batch work, and you can do that with dinners and stuff too, like I was talking about. Um, another thing I got into a couple months ago, I guess, well, I guess longer than that now, geez. Um, every Sunday I do bills and finances. So that means all the bills we have, I pay them, no matter when the due date is, I just pay them so I don't have to think about and worry about you know hitting the, the late time. And then I also go through, balance our checkbook, balance my business accounts, transfer money that I need, do all that stuff. And I do it every Sunday. It takes about half an hour. But because I do it every week, I know I'm not going to have a late payment and that I'm always going to, you know, I can put a bill off and say, I'll get to it next week. And I'm not going to come back and have, oh, I have six months of accounting and bookkeeping data I now need to enter. Right. So get the, the stuff that you have to do regularly done regularly. Yeah, and that falls into uh, like not just paying bills, but I try to go paperless. So to take all the statements and scan them, and then shred the shred the originals, and then whatever, clear out the inbox, so to speak, where all the mail gets dumped on a daily basis and stuff like that. Right. Wait, how do you guys cope with that? Because seriously, that's one thing I completely suck at, and I just 
Uh, Avdi Grimm and I have talked about this a bit. He's another freelancer. Uh, you guys, I think some of or all of you guys know him. We both have this angst about dealing with mail because there's almost never good news in the mail. And when running your own business, there's there's like monthly or every other month, there's some piece of mail from some intimidating sounding government organization that more often than not is completely innocuous, but occasionally it's a, holy crap, you forgot to do X or Y and your business is going to shut down if you don't do it right now. How do you deal with this stuff? Because it drives me nuts. Most of the time, my wife deals with mail. mail. Um the business stuff, every once in a while, well, she'll remind me, look at this, look at this, look at this. But I don't answer the phone and I don't check mail. And my wife does most of that. And so I don't, I don't know, I deal with it by not dealing with it, I guess. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. So yeah, see, I actually do all the mail processing. Like, we, we have a dog, so we walk the dog um, every day. And so in the afternoon when we walk her, that's when we pick up the mail. And we have a two-story house. And so what I do is... As we're walking back with the dog, I do like a quick sort, and it's typically three piles. It's a pile for my wife, which she pretty much just sits on the counter and then throws it away later when it gets too old. And then (laughs) I got a pile, or four piles. I have a pile that just goes right in the recycle bin. It's like those flyers and just stuff. It's no personal information. I could just recycle it. I have a pile that's usually credit card offers, and you know we'd like you to register your domain name for $200 a year from USA Register or something, whatever. That stuff goes to a shred pile, which I shred, you know, every week or so. And then by that time, it's maybe one or two pieces a week of like actual mail. And that goes in my inbox, which I then process, you know, on the weekend during like a a weekly review. So, I mean, it kind of fits in right with my bill stuff. It's just batch work it. And, you know, anything from the government is not going to be so urgent. You have to reply that week. And so you can kind of let it sit for a little bit. If you process your mail regularly, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've actually heard of services that uh, you can have your mail sent to, and they will actually get it, scan it, and send it to you. And then if it's some kind of package or something, then they'll they'll actually, you know, mail it along. And uh, that's always been interesting to me just in the sense that, you know, you just get all your bills in in an email and you just manage it all that way. So it's interesting to me, but not for that reason. And I, so I know Eric has a newsletter. Chuck probably does. But uh, this whole can spam stuff, you have to have an address for newsletters. And I'll be damned if I put my home address where my kids live on the internet for these can spam laws. So I needed an address. I ended up putting them. Well, I got a PO box, but I was looking into Earth Class Mail, and there's another one. I forget what it is, but I mean, it's one of those things you. You look like you're a company, a suite, whatever, at some big box company, and they'll scan it and they'll FedEx you your stuff if you need it right away or whatever. But I looked at it for not the efficiency to deal with sorting the mail, but giving me a private address yeah, or a, an address I could share, I guess. Yeah, I've thought about that too. And as my audience grows, I think I'm probably going to move toward the P.O. box myself. Yeah. Um, Earth Class Mail is the one I looked at for that. They're cool. I think the other, there's another one, but... Also, if you get a check in the mail, they can actually, you know, they open it up for you and they can actually deposit it into your checking account for you. So, like, you don't even have to handle checks. Um, The cool thing for me is Earth Class Mail is actually in the same town I live in. So, they're not down the street, but they're, you know, a little bit of a drive away to the actual main office. And so, I can have, you know, an Oregon address and it's not actually my address. God, if only I had that. And then someone who would take those PDFs that get or senior PDFs that get mailed to you and pay the bills. I would be such a happy person. 
Yeah, you can and- you can probably do that. So I don't know. You would obviously you'd have to trust somebody to to not go on Amazon shopping spree. But I mean, I've looked into. See, my big thing is not just paying the bills. It's getting my accountant all the stuff she needs on a monthly basis. So my credit card statements, my bank statements, receipts if I have any, stuff like that. And I'm not sure if my current bank lets me do it, but that's something that I've tried to find at all my banks is a way to delegate account view access to my accountant so she could go in and pull that stuff whenever she needed it and I didn't have to remember to drop it to her. But I mean, that's certainly something that, and you could even set up a prepaid debit card or something or a reloadable debit card and have somebody pay your bills for you. Huh, interesting. So um, I'm a little curious too how you guys deal with distractions. Wait, uh, what's well. that? <laughs> oh, sorry, what? Oh, shiny object. Yeah, what? Were, were, so we, this, were we talking about something? This would have to be a, a work from home episode. I think we might have to do that at some point. But And I, I want to be the freelancer that works nine months of the year and goes on vacation for three because my wife teaches at a high school and my daughters are in school. So... Christmas break, summer vacation are basically dead times for me. And uh, when the kids are at school, it's not a big deal. But when I shut my office doors, it's like an alarm goes off for my youngest daughter. And she has to be at that door figuring out what I'm doing. <laughs> and she's she's four, but I, it's insane. She'll be in the basement playing and I'll shut my office doors and she'll be up peeking in and asking if she can come in, asking if she can talk to whoever's on the computer. She doesn't understand it's a phone, but whatever. But I deal with distractions uh, fairly poorly. Like I said, I don't answer the phone, but when my kids are at home, it's, I mean, uh, I do this partially so I can hang out with my kids more. And so when they're home from school in the evenings, I mean, that's family time, not work time. But in the summer when they're home, a lot of the time, then it's work really suffers. But my distraction, dealing with distractions is not very well. Right. Yeah, my wife tends to run interference for me. And... Uh when they come in to my office when I am working, I usually give them a minute or two, and then I tell them that they can't come back in for a while. But So are we talking real-world distractions or virtual-world distractions? Because they, they kind of come in, in two varieties, right? That's true. Because I mean, uh, one of the things – I'll put this out there for some in, in, intrepid entrepreneur. Uh, write an app that lets me manage all the other apps – that I have on my computer that want to interrupt me in various ways that want to pop up windows or it's make sounds. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, or control quit or whatever. Concentrateapp.com. No kidding. Yep. Okay. Yeah. We're, um, all, we're all Googling this right now. Yeah, oh, I'm not yet, but can you link it so we can put that in show notes? Because I totally want that, whatever it is. Right. So, so what does it do? Uh, basically, you can set up... Um, you can set up these modes, but the idea is that, so say you're in dev mode, and what it does will shut down or hide every application that's not involved in whatever dev mode is. So if you're a TextMate browser and whatever, PHP my admin or PG my admin, then those three apps will, and terminal, those four apps will be up and everything else will be hidden or quit or minimized. And then when you leave that mode, it can optionally restore all that stuff. But the idea is that you define working modes with some apps that you want to use in those modes. And then it shuts down everything else. And it can like block uh, internet access. So if you're in work mode, you can use a browser, but you can't go to Reddit and Hacker News and YouTube. But you can still do Stack Overflow and Google or whatever. 
I'm totally getting that. Yeah, no that that's not that's not everything I want, but that's a lot of it. The 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 other thing I'd really like would be something like a black or what black and or white list for iChat and Skype, depending on my work mode, and um, maybe even a gray list because uh, what I want is something like an automate a very simple automated secretary, um, where people who aren't on the white list, for example. Or when they try to IM me, get a response back saying, Evan's working right now. Is this really important? And if they, or if they give the right answer, then fine, it goes to me. If they don't, then I'll get it, some later, get it later somehow. I'm yeah, dying for something like that. Does that go back to your cave full of robots? You want a cave full of robots? I want a cave full of robots. Right, yes. You can do some of that with Google Voice. Really? Yeah, that's not, with phone not all your IM stuff, but uh, certainly text messages and phone calls. You can set different. Yeah, you give lists. Different people different access. I yeah, have so. an easier time ignoring the phone than I do. Well, and I guess I I take it back. I don't get that many phone calls or texts. I get lots of IM interruptions from various directions, and I push back on clients who do that to me too much because all the context switching is bad for my client work for any client. Um, in fact, that was one of the reasons I had to get rid of a client was I had simply too many interruptions from the client, and they just wouldn't stop. So if I had tools that helped me manage those interruptions more, but again, these are I am specific that I need some way to titrate or block temporarily people. Yeah. So there's one other area that I wanted to touch on, and uh, this one was something that kind of came up. I think it was in episode three. I'm not 100% sure on that. But uh, we mentioned exercise and sleep. And uh, basically, you know, I, I think a lot of times we get focused on, okay, well, you know, I'm going to spend time with my family. I'm going to spend time on my business, um, you know, spend the time that I need to do working for my clients. But we, we ignore ourselves in a lot of ways. So we don't take leisure time and we don't take the time to go work out. We don't take the time to get adequate sleep. And you know, this kind of ties back into what Jeff said earlier, where if you're not working, you're not getting paid. And if you're not taking care of yourself, you, you can find yourself in a place where you're sick more frequently or, you know, where you're taking time that you would have spent with your kids, you know, laying in bed because you, you don't feel well. And, and I think it's an important thing that I think a lot of people miss. Yeah. And I mean, one thing, shoot, I don't know when I got it. I got it earlier this year. I got a little Fitbit. So it's a little itty bitty device. Um, I keep it in my pocket, but it's, I don't know how big it is, it's about the size of two AA batteries. And it kind of tracks like, it has an accelerometer, so it tracks like the way you move and all that stuff and activity. And so I'm, I got that, I wear it every day and it also lets you track when you sleep. And right now I'm just tracking everything it can. I'm not really worrying about analyzing it, but I just pulled open the dashboard for it. And it basically, like, looking at my sleep levels, I'm getting, like, less than six hours of sleep at most days. Well, except for one day, I got 14 hours. I don't know how that happened. But <laughs> so, and I've been, this week, I've been, like, exhausted, tired, and just not feeling all that great. Well, looking at this, I've got four hours one day, six hours another day, nine hours another day, and seven another day. So I'm all over the board of sleep. And the days when I have the least amount of sleep are the days I feel the shittiest and the days I end up having more caffeine and that makes me sleep worse. And so, yeah, like sleep and exercise are weird things in that like they'll affect you, but they have, it's not like an immediate effect. So you might not be able to point to like, oh, I slept bad on Monday, therefore on Wednesday I'm tired. So it's like, I don't know, I don't really have anything to draw from this other than try to exercise and try to sleep more, but you know, we can't have 26 hour days yet. So 
Well, and I have type 2 diabetes, and so I'm always fighting that fight. And, uh, you know, the exercise and everything else really helps with that. But uh, it also makes it kind of hard sometimes because, you know, I wind up getting low blood sugar, which a lot of people aren't aware. If your blood sugar is under control, then you, you have a tendency to be hypoglycemic as opposed to having high blood sugar. Makes and sense. It's, yeah, it's just not regulated well with your uh, with, with your system. And so, you know, that's something that I fight and that's something that I have to be aware of. And, you know, taking care of it just really makes a lot of sense. I wasn't taking care of it for a long time. And, you know, I was tired all the time and I didn't feel terrific all the time. And those definitely affect the way that you are able to um, make the time that you need for your life and for your work. And so, I mean, if, if you have some kind of chronic condition, or even if you don't, I mean, just be aware of how these things affect you and make sure that you're you're doing the right thing for it. Yeah. And I mean, I'll, I'll add in my picks, but I have a little app I've been playing with that is, it's, I've thought it was going to be very, very like, you know, hey, this is a fun little app to, you know, play with when I have nothing else to do, but it's actually been like extremely informative, but I'll talk about it in the picks. So I'm awful about the exercise thing and Yet when I do it, I feel much better. And I'm still awful about it. I've got a uh, recumbent bike in, in the garage that I set a small table above using cinder blocks. I just slap a laptop on it, and mm-hmm. I go on the bike, and, and I work at the same time. And I can be reasonably effective. The trouble is, I just it's a positive habit, so I end up falling out of it a lot. <laughs> it, it's hard to retain. For me, for whatever reason, it's hard to retain as a habit. I guess I get like Jeff was talking about being a workaholic. When I'm doing my work, I get so into my work, next thing I know, the day's done. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So bolt, bolt your laptop to that table on your bike so you can't work anywhere else. Well, yeah, but then I have an iMac in my office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and that's what gets for, you know? Yeah. Yep. So uh, I, I think we can go ahead and do the picks now. Um, we've got about 15 minutes before I have to go grab lunch. So, uh, um, Eric, you were talking about your picks. Why don't you go ahead and share them? Sure. So I got two. Um, one, it's an iPhone iOS app. It's, I don't know exactly what it's called, but it's a happiness tracker. Um, seems really weird. The designs on it kind of odd, I guess. Uh, modern is probably the proper term for it. But um, I have it set up so every few hours it will randomly do a push notification and ask me how I'm feeling. And basically the user interface, you unlock your phone, you say I'm happy or I'm not happy. You give it a ranking from one to five on either side. And then you can kind of tag it and say like reasons why, like I'm, I didn't get enough sleep or, you know, clients are hassling me or I got a check in the mail, whatever. It's all free form. And you hit that and done. And you basically just logged how you felt at that moment. And basically I've been doing it for the past month or so. And it has a cool, I mean, kind of cool little reporting thing. And I can see like, oh, this week I was actually really pissed off at a lot of things. Let's see what was going on. And I can actually go back in my life and see why I felt so bad. And I can actually see what's causing me to feel bad. So like, you know, family stuff is really making me feel good. So I have a lot of family things that have the good high happiness. And then some work stuff has actually been making me feel good. So work also has a high happiness and all this and that stuff. So it's pretty cool. It's like, uh, it takes like two seconds for me to log it. And my wife actually uses like a funny little voice whenever she hears the, the push notification asking me how I'm feeling. So that's one pick. Um, the other one is kind of related to work-life balance in that most of us are probably working at home or maybe in a coffee shop or somewhere indoors. And most of us probably are not going outside that much. So one thing I did a while ago 
was there's a TED talk that talks about different plants, like indoor plants and like how they can improve your air quality. Um, he, he goes over three of them. There's a fern and then two other ones. And I actually got all of those and have been having them, trying them out. And I don't know if they improve the actual air quality, but they do make my office look a lot better. And the cool thing is the fern's kind of hard to maintain, but the other two are like you water them every other week. And it's like you just put like half a glass of water in them and they're done. And they're green, they're growing. One's a vine and it's like taking over my bookshelf. And it's nice because it's kind of gives me something to like focus on instead of the computer monitor and kind of get out of the whole, you know, hard lines of technical metal wire type stuff. So my pick is watch the TED Talk video I'm going to link to and get a plant for your office and try to take care of a plant. You know, it's not really that hard if you get the right ones. All right, cool. Um, Jeff, what are your picks? Oh, I guess... Uh the concentrate app since evan hadn't heard about it and well since you hadn't heard about it either chuck i just assumed everybody knew what it was so that's uh one of my picks and it goes along with um what was uh, a while ago when i still used firefox there was another version of that that was just for the browser they would basically blacklist sites so you could whatever set yourself a time limit so you could only spend like five minutes on Reddit every hour during some working time, whatever. But so if you don't have self-discipline, you can impose some sort of artificial discipline in your world. And there's one that's even, it's different than this. I forget what it is, the name of it, but it uh, messes with your connection on the Mac and you can't disable it once it starts unless you reboot your computer. <laughs> so it's like one more level because you can get around the other ones by... I don't know, typing an admin password and shutting it down or whatever. But right. So that's pick one. Pick two is um, sort of a treadmill desk. I mean, we we talked a little bit about um, exercise. I know a few. I know Eric has a standing desk. I don't have one yet, but I mean that's a big thing going around. Standing desks, and then there's all the reports. If you sit, you're gonna kill yourself. If you if all you do is sit, you're gonna kill yourself quicker than. I guess normal people would. And then the, the next step beyond that is sort of what Evan's talking about and what um, Chad Fowler talked about uh, when he lost a bunch of weight a year or two ago. I mean, he basically wrote a game. He liked games, so he played games on his recumbent bike. And that's where I got the idea. Yep. Yeah, so, and this is a similar idea. I mean, there are a bunch of people that do it, bloggers and other people. I mean, you just, if you're going to do a, a standing desk anyways, then you basically, you can mod or spend $2,500 on a, a real treadmill desk. But so you walk a mile or two an hour. And so it's casual movement, keeps you moving. And then uh, you get a little bit of benefit out of it at the same time. So it's not something I've done yet, but it's on my list of things to do. I've watched Craigslist every once in a while to find a cheap treadmill. But I sort of have Evan's problem that I've got to find, I've got to define it in such or build it into my routine in such a way that I can't like give up the laptop for the iMac. In my case, it's right. the MacBook Air, the Mac Pro, but I need to, to make that the best environment. So I want to do the work. If I'm going to want to do work, I'm going to want to do it on the treadmill desk and not deal with the 13-inch MacBook Air screen and whatever. But So those are my two picks. All right, makes sense. All right, Evan, what are your picks? Oh, darn, I was about to type this in the chat, so I'll just say it. Maybe another topic for another show will be designing your office and, and we're designing your workspace because Jeff kind of hit it for me there that you need to make your work environment when you want to work in or else you're going to try to avoid it. 
Um, and that's true with the exercise environment too. So, um, in terms of, I'm adding that right now. Okay, cool. In terms of, uh, sitting standing desk or standing desk, I have a geek desk, uh, which I just linked. Um, I'll say it's a pick hesitantly. I mean, is, is a sitting standing desk? It's awesome. When I say sitting and standing, it's motorized so I can raise or lower it. Um, to that extent, it's awesome. However, the problem I have with it is the same problem I've heard a, another friend of mine had is that, well, if you can control whether you're sitting or standing, you're probably going to end up sitting a lot of the time after a bit. Um, that said, I've read an, I'm going to also link, this isn't necessarily a pick, but it's related to standing desks. Um, there was an article, I think it was um, based on a study from Cornell, and it's linked in this article. Um, that standing desks aren't necessarily, or standing all the time isn't necessarily better than sitting. It's different. The important part isn't the standing or the sitting. The important part is the moving. That we yep. don't necessarily move enough. You know, sitting is good, but or sitting is bad, but for you in some ways, standing is bad for you in other ways. The ideal is keep moving. So maybe Jeff has it with um, treadmill desks. Um, and I was going to mention it as a, a pick, but it, it came out earlier, and that's um, finding outside help with with your life. But uh, we already talked all about that, so I guess I can't use that as a pick now. Sure, you can. Okay, fine. So if you have um, a sick relative, or that if you have a sick immediate family member, getting caregivers great, or babysitters, or uh, daycare. I don't like that idea so much again, but you know, if you have kids, maybe I don't, so I can't say. Um, but you know, getting help outside of your work might be a, might be as good a solution as getting help with your work. That's it for and, me. And house cleaners and uh, landscapers totally. and yeah. handymen, all the stuff. I get handymen too, so yes, I just keep forgetting. Yeah. So Eric, did you have something you wanted to add? Yeah, so Evan, you're talking about like, you know, standing desk and always standing and then the that study about you know it's not standing it's the change what right. i actually do right now i'm at my standing mm -hmm. desk but i'm sitting i try to f make it flexible so like if i sit in the morning i stand in the afternoon or if i stand in the morning i sit in the afternoon um and so that way it's like it, i at least get four hours of you know something other than the normal and that way i don't get too tired or anything because one big problem a lot of people have when they start doing standing desks is they can't stand that long. Their legs right. just aren't strong enough. And I mean, I'm past that stage, but it's more along the lines of just, I feel like sitting or, you know, just depending on the type of work. Um, the other nice thing, my standing desk goes really, really high. And so I can actually put it all the way up and put my Kindle on it at an angle and actually read. And it's like right in front of my eyes. So mm. the, uh, uh, the other recommendation I'll make for standing desks um, because one of the reasons I don't use mine as much is you need to remember to vacuum your workspace frequently, especially if you have cats like we do. Um, I like to, I generally like to work barefoot at home, go figure. I mean, I'm at home, it's comfortable, but when my floor is disgusting, which is entirely too often, I don't want to be barefoot or I don't want to be standing. Get a Roomba. <laughs> Get a cleaner office first, I think. Yeah. So, so with the standing desk, when you're sitting at it, Eric, is it adjustable in some way? Yeah. So I'm I'm six foot tall, really lanky. Um, my standing desk, when I pop it all the way down, it will actually push on my kneecaps. It can go that low. Um, when it's all the way up, my my wife's five foot two, and I have a picture of her. It's like about as tall as her, and oh, wow. it takes 
20, 30 seconds to go all the way up, all the way down. So like right now I have it like a medium height because I'm just sitting here not doing anything. Nice. That makes sense. All right. So I guess it's down to my picks. Um, one pick that I have that uh, you guys actually pointed me to, and I've actually purchased two themes off of it as theme for it. Um, and uh, yeah, James Edward Gray, he actually picked it before I could on Ruby Rogues. So so uh, this is a leftover pick? A Sloppy leftover seconds. Pick. <laughs> I, I so wanted to pick it and then he picked it and I was like no but uh, it's been really nice um, I've been using it one is to actually update the website for this show um, I bought a theme and I'm, I'm working on working that in uh, along with the other membership uh, goodies that I'm building into it and then the other uh, the other one that I picked that I got another one for was for my uh, my business website and that's intentionalexcellence.net and uh, it's not up yet but it will be so um anyway uh so that's been really really nice and uh other than that um one other pick that i want to put out there is just um just get a water bottle and just have it at your desk um just one of the ones that totally you you can you can just uh i i don't like the ones that have the the caps that you can screw on and off and then drink out of i want something that's more or less sealed and so um you know, I have a Gatorade one that, you know, you just squeeze it and, you know, you, you drink it that way. And, and those are nice or something with a straw or something in it so that if I tip it over with my audio equipment or my keyboard or whatever, I'm not going to ruin anything. And uh, if you keep a water bottle at your desk, um, that's a good way not only to stay hydrated, it's really good for you, but, uh, you know, it it's just really convenient for me because I'm drinking water all the time. So, yeah, I have I just took a drink out of mine. Camelback makes a really good one that has a built-in water filter that cleans out like chlorine and the flavor. I've gotten airport water from the little water faucets and you can't taste anything from it. It's, oh, really? it's amazing. I, I fill this thing up like four or five times a day now. I'm going to have to check that out because uh, when I'm traveling, I, I can never find water that I actually can stand to drink. So, I mean, even bottled water just isn't great all the time so i've got uh i got two more picks although they're shamelessly self-promoting i'm uh speaking at uh, the ruby on ales conference next week in bend oregon and a few weeks after speaking at the mountain west ruby Conf in salt lake city so you should come and i will hopefully be awesome maybe yeah uh, i will be at mountain west ruby conference as well um i'm an alternate speaker so you might hear me uh one thing that's interesting though is that it seems like every year they have called on an alternate speaker every year that I've gone anyway somebody's backed out so if if it holds true to form then you will hear me speak <laughs> so um anyway uh that being said there are a few other things that I want to uh let you in on the first one is is that um I've set up a mailing list on rubyfreelancers.com so if you go and you sign up um I'm sending out an email every week uh basically with the seven secrets of successful freelancing and uh, I'll also be keeping you up to date on the membership site where I'm at and what, what we've got going on there. So um, by all means, you know, go sign up there. And um, we're also in iTunes, so leave us a review. It uh, helps us get the word out, and hopefully we can help a few people uh, make the transition, find a little more freedom in their life. And uh, other than that, we'll catch you next week. Thanks, guys. See you. Bye-bye. Later.